Welcome to the C3 Church Watson podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Death was conquered forever because of what Jesus did for us. Today is Resurrection Sunday, the day that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. You know, the church was birthed around this event in history called the resurrection of Jesus because it was after the resurrection, it was this event that brought the first century believers together. And it was the resurrection of Jesus and the testimony from the eyewitnesses to his resurrection that birthed the early church. And it is his resurrection that singles out Christianity from all other religions in the world. Because Christianity has the King, the God, who conquered death. And that is what we are celebrating today. Because Jesus conquered death, we have victory. We have freedom. We have healing. We have peace available to all followers of Christ. And I love Easter. I am so thankful for Jesus' sacrifice. My response to Jesus and all that he did is to fall on my knees with thankfulness and worship because Easter did change everything. You know, that's what these people here are doing. They are falling on their knees and worshipping God. I don't know if you got the message of this beautiful picture that artists in our church all put together. And um, yeah, it's so true. He is worthy of all of our praise. He is the one, the only one who deserves our praise our worship, our thanks. The presence of God is here in this room. The presence of God, I hope that you can sense just the touch of God here in this room. He's here in this room because Jesus came to earth because he wanted to connect with people. He wanted to connect with you. He sees you and he knows you. And today I want to look at, just like Jesus sees and knows you, there were people alive at the time when Jesus was on earth and they were eyewitnesses to this event that we're celebrating today. They were eyewitnesses to the resurrection of Jesus. And... I love to read all of the accounts of the Easter story because these were just humans like you and me who walked with Jesus, who, who talked with him, who had a relationship with him. And around the, the resurrection of Jesus, their lives were really impacted. I mean not just around the resurrection, 
People's lives were impacted by Jesus from the moment they came into contact with him. And, and I want to look at a few people today who met with Jesus, whose lives were totally changed. You know, we looked on Friday at, at the power of the fact that Jesus died in our place. And because of that, we, you and I, we're saved from the judgment we deserve. And you know, if we, can, if we choose to accept the sacrifice that Jesus made for us, we can live in relationship with God because we are lost without that sacrifice. Because of the cross, because of his death and resurrection, the barrier between us and God is gone if we are willing to accept that. And we have grace and forgiveness. It really is such good news. So I want to look at a few people and my hope is that you will be encouraged as we allow the truth of the death and resurrection of Jesus to change our lives just like it changed their lives. And the first person I want to look at today, her name is Mary Magdalene. And she's the picture of a person who has messed up their life. A person who had made one bad decision after another bad decision and she was living with the consequences of her bad decisions. She is a person who had people mistreat her, abuse her and disappoint her. Maybe you can relate today. If we feel like Mary did, we may feel that our life isn't worth much, that, that uh, we may even have no hope or think that the good life is not for people like us. One day something very amazing happened to Mary. She met Jesus. She had an encounter with him and he healed her. Think about that for a minute. Someone who was broken met Jesus and he healed her. Now we can just, I can just say he healed her and it might not mean too much to me, but I can tell you it totally changed her life. If you need healing today and Jesus heals you, it will totally change your life too. And from that time, she regularly hung out with Jesus. You might not think that Jesus hung out with people, but he did. God hung out with people. He, um, Jesus hung out with Mary and her, sis, the, her sister Martha and her brother Lazarus. They were friends. And just like all of the followers of Jesus at the time of his death, Mary was disappointed. She was heartbroken after he died, after his crucifixion. And on Easter Sunday morning, got up, uh, Mary got up while it was still dark and she made her way to the tomb. And when she got there, to her dismay, she found the stone was rolled away and the tomb was empty. She was so upset. She didn't understand what had happened. She, she didn't understand that this was not cause for sadness, but cause for celebration because Jesus was alive. She didn't understand that, so she sat down and she started to cry. And as she was sitting there crying, someone came up to her and started talking to her. And this, this person said, why are you crying? Which, think about this, 
It's a pretty strange question to ask someone in a cemetery, right? Don't you reckon? It was, in fact, Jesus speaking to her, and she didn't recognize him. She thought he was a gardener. And then he said her name, Mary. And as soon as he said her name, she, her eyes were opened, and she understood this was Jesus. This was Jesus. She was so excited that she went and told the disciples, that he'd risen from the dead. And, and this woman, Mary, was the first person Jesus showed himself to after he was resurrected. Mark 16 says, after Jesus rose from the dead early on Sunday morning, the first person who saw him was Mary Magdalene, the woman from whom he had cast out seven demons. Now, Jesus didn't pick one of the disciples. He didn't pick someone who had it all together. He picked Mary Magdalene. To show himself to the first person. Because it doesn't matter how broken your life has been. The love of God is so great that if you will let him, he will take all of the brokenness and he will heal you. He will give you beauty for what was broken. He will give you joy for your grief and sadness. No matter your past, no matter your status, you are valuable to God. Do you relate to Mary today? If you don't, maybe you'll relate to this next guy. His name was Nick. Nicodemus. I'm going to call him Nick because I'm an Australian. And that's what we do, right? We shorten names. You're my mate. You know, Nick did the right thing. He kept the rules. He was a good person. He even went to church. Good on you, Nick. He was a leader and the people around him looked up to him. He had position and he had a name to uphold in society. So Nick believed that all you had to do to be successful and make it in life was to tick the right boxes, be a good person, He thought being good was enough. That that, that was enough. Doing the right thing was all that was required. And then he met Jesus. And and something drew Nick to Jesus. He he looked at him and he thought, I want to know more. I want to know more about you. Something about you. And and Nick knew that all of the religious leaders, because he was one of them, would not be happy with him talking to Jesus. So he snuck out in the middle of the night and he went and found Jesus. And, and Jesus and Nick were talking and he said to Jesus, um, I've got my life together. I go to church. I'm, I'm not worried about my, you know, what's going to happen when I die. I'm a good person. I'm okay. I keep the rules. But I'm just drawn to you, Jesus. There's something about you. I had to see you. I had to talk to you. And Jesus answered Nick and he said, you think you've got your life sorted and you think you're okay. But you're not. You need me. Life is not just about doing good and living right. That is not going to save you. You need me to save you. 
And Jesus was talking about the great change that only he can make in the heart of a person by the power of the Holy Spirit. It means that something is done in us and for us, which we can't do ourselves. And we don't hear about Nick until after Jesus' death. In John 19, it says, After Joseph Joseph of Arimathea, who had been a secret disciple of Jesus, because he feared the Jewish leaders as well, He asked Pilate for permission to take down Jesus' body. When Pilate gave permission, Joseph came and took the body away. With him came Nicodemus, the man who had come to Jesus at night. He brought about 75 pounds of perfumed ointment, wow, made from myrrh and aloes. Following Jesus' burial custom, they wrapped Jesus' body with the spices in long sheets of linen cloth. So we... Even though we don't hear the Bible talk about Nick after this secret meeting with Jesus, clearly he he continued to watch Jesus and at some point he decided to follow him. What a change had taken place. He realised that all his goodness was not enough. He needed Jesus. How about you? I don't know if you've heard of this guy in the Bible called Thomas. He was one of Jesus' disciples, and he was logical and practical. Do we have any logical, practical people in the room today? Good. We need you. In the Gospel of John in chapter 20, Jesus shows himself to some of his disciples after his resurrection. He turns up, and Thomas isn't there. So he only heard about this second hand and and when he heard the testimony, Thomas said this. They told him we've seen the Lord, but he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail, wounds in his hands and put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound at at his side. I won't believe it until I see it, he said. You might be sitting here today and thinking, well, I hear you, Thomas. I'm with you. I've been let down before. And you can't fool me this time. I want proof too. Before I jump in again, I mean, I'm, I think I'm willing to jump in again, even though it goes against every logical bone in my body. I'm willing to believe again, but I need to see the proof first. You want me to trust again? I want proof. Do you want to know how Jesus dealt with that? how he dealt with Thomas, he didn't cross him off the list. He didn't tell him he was disappointed in him. He he didn't get annoyed with him for his response. What did Jesus do? He actually gave Thomas what he needed. He gave him what he requested. He extended his hands and he showed Thomas what he needed to see. John 20 says this, then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound at my side and don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Don't be faithless. Just believe. And then Thomas fell down flat. He said, my Lord and my God. Thomas was blown away. He was, when he saw Jesus, he was overwhelmed. He was filled with awe and he fell flat on his face. Do you know that Jesus is not worried about giving you what you need today? What is it that you need today? I know he has it. You know, Jesus 
gave Thomas what he needed, but he didn't leave him in that place. He didn't leave Thomas in his doubt and his mistrust. Are you struggling with doubt and mistrust? I want you to hear this today. Jesus called Thomas to a better way of living. The way of living that Jesus calls us to, and that is to believe. That is to have faith. That is to see the fact that impossible is never impossible with God. To see that the truth is that Jesus conquered death. He is alive. He claimed victory. He wants us to live in victory too. Let him fill you with faith today. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request and most unbelievable dream and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. And the last person. I mean, you can't talk about Easter unless you talk about Peter. I really like Peter. I relate to Peter. If, there any, if there's any disciple that shows us his humanity, it's Peter. And after the resurrection of Jesus, Peter was, yeah, he was not good. He was... He was in a bit of a funk because he had failed Jesus big time. He had big noted himself. He actually said to Jesus, Matthew 26, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. Talk about setting yourself up for a fall. That was our friend Peter. He bragged. He said, I, I got this, Jesus. I got you, Jesus. And then he did what he bragged he would never do. He deserted Jesus. He denied him. He ran away. He ran away. He failed. Have you ever done what you said you'd never do? Yep. Maybe when I'm a parent, I'm never going to do this. Maybe you've, turned, maybe you've denied Jesus. Maybe you've turned your back on him. And it's a really horrible feeling. It's a, a really uncomfortable feeling. You just want to run away from yourself. The problem is that when you run a, try and run away, you're there. You go with you. How, un, how unfortunate that is. Some try to drown away that feeling by getting things outside of themselves to try and dull the pain of what's going on inside themselves. Alcohol. Possessions. Just give me something to make me feel better. How did Jesus respond to Peter after he failed? Let's look at what the angel said at the tomb after Jesus' resurrection in Mark 16. But the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they lay his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. Now go and tell his disciples, 
Can you include Peter in that? Can you especially tell Peter? Can you especially tell Peter? Because I know he needs to hear that. I know he needs to hear that even though he bragged, even though he said, I've got you, Jesus, he didn't. And he's feeling pretty bad right now. And he needs to hear that he's not out. He needs to hear that he's not wiped off the list. He needs to hear that he's still my disciple. Do you feel like you've failed? Have you walked away? Have, have you done what you promised you'd never do? Jesus offers the same thing to all of us that he offered Peter. An invitation for a fresh start with him. He knew Peter's name. And he knows your name. And he's inviting you back. Back to, back to himself. You know, all the people we have looked at today met Jesus and they all opened their lives to him and they were human just like you and me and Jesus changed their life and it, it was because of their encounter with Jesus that they understood something that many people live their whole life through and never figure out life is meaningless without Go after everything you thought you wanted and I can tell you, if you get it, you will still be empty. Things we think will satisfy us, eventually they leave us unsatisfied. Things we chase after to try and fill the void within will eventually leave us discontent. Like chasing after the wind. Because if we're honest with ourselves, we long for more. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that discontent. God actually put it inside us because it was to propel us to keep searching until we find Him. It's Him. He's placed that desire in our heart. And it's only when we find Him, when we open our heart to Him, that we truly understand the meaning, the beauty, the magic, the mystery of life. He holds it all together. He brings meaning to life. Every created thing was ultimately created to worship Him. That's what this is about. Every create these people, they're worshiping. Like every created thing was created to worship Him. Every human being was ultimately created to be in relationship with Him. It's in Him we find real, true, and everlasting life. So if you have not opened your heart to him today, I want to give you an invitation to do that. Or if you, like Peter, have run away because you feel like you failed. Or if you, like Mary, look at yourself and think, well, I'm so broken, I can't come to Jesus. Or if you, like Nicodemus, think, well... I'm good. I, gotta, I, I do all the right stuff. All of us need Jesus. All of us. So if you find yourself today being ready to open your heart to Him, I want to invite you for the first time, or maybe it's not the first time, to pray this prayer with us. It's a personal prayer between you and God. 
inviting him to come into your life. Telling him that you want to have a relationship with him. He is, you know, it's his dream. That's what this whole thing is about. God's dream is to be connected with humankind. That's his dream. That's why he sent Jesus. Okay, let's pray. Please pray this prayer with us as we pray together. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for my sin. I ask you to come into my life. I want to have a relationship with you. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au.